You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you stories that remind us who God is and who we are in Him. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries, a nonprofit organization dedicated to helping disciples of Jesus discover and live from their true identity in Christ, recognize and walk in their divine purpose within the kingdom of God, and experience growth in their capacity for mature, healthy relationships. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Ministries, and be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Welcome to Season 3, Episode 22 of The Collected Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Biondo, and this week I have an amazing guest for you. I'm so excited. Um, We have Pam Tebow. She is a speaker, author, um, mom of one Mr. Tim Tebow, and just an incredible woman of faith. And I am so excited for you to hear her testimony of um, just God's hope and provision and faithfulness throughout her life. Um, So Pam, welcome to the show. Thank you so much. Um, Before we get started, uh, because I want to talk about your books in a little bit, but I'd love to just hear your story of a little bit more of who you are and how you came to know the Lord and kind of how you ended up in the book writing business. Well, I like to call it a God story because I feel like we all have God stories if we know God and you know the longer you live, hopefully you have lots of them. And that's true of me. Um, I uh, grew up um, the daughter of an army colonel. And so we traveled all over the world until I was 17 and I went to the University of Florida. But I didn't ever hear a Bible story or uh, no one talked about the Lord in my home. Even though my mom was a, Christ, a Christian, I think when she married my dad, she just kind of set her faith on this shelf and then came back to it some years later uh, when my daughter and I had the chance to encourage her to do that. But I I don't know. I guess it's the most amazing story because I, I somehow had a longing for something more. I felt like there was something more. And when I was 12 years old, Um, I woke up one morning, my dad was out playing golf. My mom slept in. I got my eight-year-old sister up and we walked by ourselves to church. And I'd seen there was a little church nearby. I mean, I can't even remember what, you know, inspired me to that. But as only God could do in that little church, there was a visiting evangelist. And I heard for the first time that God loved me and that he loved me so much that he sent his son, Jesus, to save me. And all I had to do was believe. And I did that day when they asked for an invitation, I I came forward. I still can't believe I had the courage to do that. I wasn't especially courageous, but God just drew me in. And um, then I went home and nothing really changed except my parents wouldn't let me go back because the people from the church had um, visited our home and they were so embarrassed. They didn't know anything about it. And so I never got to return to that church, but I still had a relationship with the Lord. And I think back to just what a miracle that is that God drew me there and that the Holy Spirit lived inside my heart and he protected me. And I realized from so many different circumstances that I was involved in, the Lord protected me and he kept me safe. He kept me pure. And then um, when I went to the University of Florida, I was um, young for my age, 17, and it was a crazy big environment. And I, I thought that my goal was to have 
an impact on people. I wanted to have influence. So I tried to get an impressive resume and, and add as many things to the list as I could. I was in a sorority and then the sorority will promote you for all kinds of things. So I was in all kinds of uh, events and, and activities. And uh, then one day, my, the beginning of my sophomore year, my roommate uh, came home and she had a copy of our school newspaper. And my picture was on the cover in one of those activities. And she said, I just thought you'd want to look at that. And I looked at the picture and I thought, I don't want to be this girl. I don't want to be her. She's so, she looks so shallow and vain and self-absorbed, but I didn't know how to change my life. And so um, I got down on my knees. I really hardly knew how to pray. I didn't even know anybody that prayed. And I said, Lord, I want to change. Can you please help me? And two girls knocked on my door as I was getting up from my knees. I mean, it's such a God story. And they invited me to um, a group at the time. It was called Campus Crusade for Christ. Now they call it Crew. And um, just the backstory is that when my husband came to the University of Florida the year before me, he helped start. He was one of the founders. He and a couple of other guys founded that ministry on our campus. And so they had a meeting every week and I went and I just loved it. You know, I was accepted. Everybody was accepted and cared about. And I learned about um, the Bible and I only knew one verse prior to that. And, you know, I would, um, I would go every week and then I was so excited about what I was learning that I came back to the sorority house where I lived and I started a little Bible study. I didn't call it that. I didn't call it anything, but these were girls that were eager like I was to have an impact on the world, you know, to make a difference, to be, to be more than we were. And uh, so I learned a little bit and taught them every week. And then that just happened week after week. And all of us just grew in the Lord and he just, did the most amazing things in our, in our young lives. And it was, I realized for the first time that my life counted because I was having real positive influence. And that's the way to have influence, not just make this list of activities and clubs and events and all that that you're involved in, but to really have an impact on people's lives. And that, that showed me what I wanted to have as my purpose for the rest of life. That's beautiful. And I love how we see the goodness of God in your story where he sought you out. And even though you didn't have that constant support in those early days of your faith, it was rooted in you and he provided just what you needed to propel you along each step of the way. That is so good. So as you continue to journey with him um, from those early days, how has he surprised you along the way? Oh my goodness. Well, he surprised me with so many opportunities that I could have never imagined. Even in that little Bible study, I still keep in touch with those girls and they, so many of them and they grew in the Lord and many of them started their own groups, et cetera. And that was, that was the beginning of, of how I saw God work. But then, you know, he works in our, our lives and our families and however he leads us. And he surprised me with an, with the opportunities to influence others. He's also surprised me with um, the spiritual warfare that I had to deal with. But because of that, I needed him so much. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, I, we were in ministry. We went to my husband went to seminary. Went to we went to grad school together and went through that. And then, um, you know, he was a pastor. And then God called us to the mission field. 
And in the process of all of that, you know, there was, there were so many challenges, but I learned that God was such a great God. He surprised us with, you know, as we prayed for things like, like uh, a home on the mission field. And he just wrote the most amazing stories for us, you know, to share later. We needed a home on an island in the Philippines and we couldn't find one. And, you know, we were living with, with some Philip, the Filipinos that we worked with. And it was, you can imagine, I had four children at the time, baby. I mean, I was surprised just to be a missionary, you know, anything I'd ever thought about, but I knew God called us. God called my husband um, as he was uh, at a speaking event and he called me on the same night as I was home in bed. And I, my husband said, yes, yes, Lord, I'll go. And then, you know, he's a person of such great faith and he's an evangelist. So all he's ever wanted to do was lead people to Christ. That's what he did in college. He's always done. So as a pastor, I think he was frustrated. He couldn't see more people come to Christ. So God called him to the mission field. He'd been on a mission trip to the Philippines. So he called him back. But at that same time, that same night, I was home in bed and God called me too. And I said, Lord, we have four little kids, youngest is a baby and how we provide this. And at the time I'd been memorizing a verse, ah, Lord God, behold, you've made the heavens and the earth by your great power and by your outstretched arms. Nothing is too difficult for you. So I climbed to that verse. I realized nothing was too difficult for God. So here we were in the Philippines waiting and praying for home, living in the home of of um, our national friends. And, you know, that was challenging for a mom with four kids and seeing all these little mice running on the floor, you know, windows open and all these creepy crawly things coming in. And, but, you know, I hung on to the promises of God. Nothing was too difficult for him. So unbeknownst to us, there was a, a man who had um, a fleet of shipping boats, a Filipino, and he had become a Christian through the Gideons. He'd read a Gideon Bible. And as a result, he knew the Lord and his whole family had come to Christ. So he owned this home and nobody lived in it, but he did not want to rent it to us. But his wife had dreams and they were consistent that he had to rent to the American missionaries. And we didn't know this story till years later because this man became a good friend of ours. And so, because his wife said, you have to rent to these American missionaries, he did. And that was how God provided our first home. And it was just such a, such a wonderful provision from God. I think it just grew my faith. And that's what happens to us as we trust God and he surprises us with the most wonderful provisions. You know, there's so many different examples, but I think our faith grows. And so then we can trust him for the next thing and the next thing and then whatever comes after that. And God prepared me, I think, through all those experiences of trusting him to trust him for the biggest challenge probably that I ever had. And that was when um, I got pregnant with our youngest son and I was told to abort him. And I, you know, that was, that was a big, big, big um, challenge for our family. You know, could we trust God in, a, in the place where we lived with this one doctor who was really the only good doctor on the island? Yeah. And, and you know, when it came time to make that decision, obviously you kept him. Um, right. But I guess... 
what was the ultimate deciding factor in that? Like, I'm, I'm thinking of, I think there's like a listener out there who's facing right. a similar decision. Yes. Yeah. How do you, I don't know what the question is, but just if you could speak to the people out there who are facing that kind of spiritual warfare, tough decision, and they're just consumed by it right now, what encouragement might you have for them? Well, that's why I brought it up because mm-hmm. I know so many of them are out there and I, I speak at pro-life events because of our story. But I also have the privilege to meet so many of these precious women that are in this situation and also women that have, you know, made the choice that they that they regret. And certainly that is not the unforgivable sin. You know, Jesus came to forgive us of every sin. Amen. But I know yeah. the pressure. You know, we had a little more confidence because my husband had been on an island and God just caused him to weep over aborted babies. And he was weeping over aborted babies in that context. He also prayed, Lord, if you give us a son, we'll name him Timothy, which means honoring God and we'll, we'll raise him to be a preacher. Isn't that funny? He's a different kind of preacher. So he came home and told our family. So my husband had prayed, you know, for, for us to have a son. So that gave us more confidence maybe than a lot of women have. And so even though the doctor said that it was, you know, I needed to abort to save my life, that it was a massive fetal tissue. You know, I think women hear that, that it's not a baby yet. It's just a, it's just a blob. You know, you're not really aborting a baby. And if, you know, if they have the opportunity to see an ultrasound and they realize there's a heartbeat and it really is a baby and God created life in us. God has a plan for that baby. And it's just, so hard when you think of, but what if, you know, what if this, what if that, and I don't have the finances, I'm not married, or we didn't plan for another child, but God has the plan. Mm-hmm. And I had to cling to God for that plan because I, I couldn't imagine what I would go through. I was told I would die if I, but we had a peace. That's what God, how God wanted us to proceed. Yeah. And I've counseled with many women in the same situation. I don't ever try to tell them what to do. Try to tell them to get second opinions. We couldn't get a second opinion. There was no plan B doctor. But I try to encourage them to, to talk to doctors, to have an ultrasound, to, to, to go to a pregnancy crisis center where they'll be loved and, and cared for and where people can help them work through the process. And no one judges. They just want to encourage you in such difficult circumstances, you know, as circumstances that. And I didn't have any of those people, but my husband and my family were encouraging to me. And then I, I wasn't around people that would roll their eyes or, you know, or, or give me a hard time. You know, it's just our family just clinging um, just clinging to the Lord for, on behalf of that little baby. So um, ours is a happy story, though. But not every story is not every story is happy. But God writes those stories, you know, and He uses it for our good. He gives us stories to tell and the opportunities to tell people and to encourage them with our stories. That's how we influence other people. We can encourage them. So anyway, but you you can tell the end of that story. You know, my husband flew us to Manila. Um, I was very sick the whole time. Very, very sick. And so, um, uh, in fact, they weren't sure I was going to make it, but he flew us to Manila where we get a birth in a hospital with an American trained Filipino doctor. And he saved both of our lives. And, and, you know, the story goes on and I don't want to take up all our time with it, but it was a God story. And he said it was the biggest. He delivered 25,000 babies 
but it was the biggest miracle he had ever been a part of because there was no reason he could explain why Timmy survived. There was only a teeny piece of the placenta and why I survived because I had a big a tumor growing. He was called Timmy the tumor later. His siblings called him Timmy the tumor for fun, but I was the one with the tumor and I had a tumor growing inside me. And so if I had tried to give birth in the province where we lived, I wouldn't have made it. And this doctor did the surgery. He took care of all of that and saved Timmy and me. I mean, only God can only write that story. So I think our faith just grows when we see God work. And then we can tell other people's confidence, wait, we serve a big God. Yes, we will have challenges and we will have very difficult situations we never signed up for. But God is able. Yeah. And... You know, God knew what would be in store for your life and for Tim's life and the big things. And just the way that both of you have impacted the kingdom of God is so powerful. And so, you know, you mentioned spiritual warfare. And in your story now, in hindsight, you you can see that the devil was trying to stop at nothing to, right. to end this story, you know, back 30 four years ago. Yeah, um, almost. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and, and yet, you know, because of the hope you have in the Lord, the devil didn't prevail. But I'm wondering, you know, kind of along this idea of spiritual warfare, you know, people who are struggling with that right now, um, you know, and maybe it's not in a big decision like the one you had to make, but just feeling the weight of hardship of just life. Um, I know you have such a powerful message of hope too. So I was wondering if you could share a word of hope and, you know, it could be a personal story from your life or just something God's teaching you about hope. Um, but I just want to talk about that. And I would love to do that because that's one of my favorite topics. Um, I wanted some security verses to cling to years ago when we lived in the Philippines, actually, and I was sitting in a hospital room. Um, my second daughter was having surgery. It was fairly minor, but it didn't seem minor to this mom. So I said, Lord, will you please give me some verses that I can cling to when life is so challenging and our world seems to fall apart and we don't know what to do. And so I was flipping through my Bible and I found a passage of scripture and I knew that was it. And I, when I tried to teach my kids scripture memory, um, I wanted to learn it because I hadn't learned any growing up. So, you know, I was on the fast track to try and learn some, but then I wanted that to be true of my kids that they really engrafted scripture. So I put a lot of scripture to tunes and they're silly tunes and I'm not musical. I don't write music, read music. I can't sing music very well. But nevertheless, I wanted to tune to this. I just knew I needed something special to get me through life because life has been hard. There's been a lot of challenges. I just told you a good story that ended well, but you know, we don't always have those stories. Sometimes it doesn't end so well. Is God still good? So I turned to Psalm 62, five through eight. I'm going to sing it, but again, I warn you, my soul wait in silence for God only, for my hope is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my stronghold, I will not be shaken. In God, my salvation and my glory rest, the rock of my strength, my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, O people, pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. 
You know, I love that passage mm. because it says, my soul waited in silence for God only. My hope is from him. And I did not realize all the times that I would need that verse. Sometimes that passage, sometimes it was all I could do to lay my head on the pillow and just sing those verses over and over again to the Lord, knowing that my hope is in him because life is is hard. It's it's so difficult. And I, you know, all of you women who are dealing with challenges and difficulties, God understands. He went through the greatest of all persecution and he died on the cross. I can't even imagine that for us. He understands her need and he rose again so that we could have hope. Our hope is in him. It's in a resurrected Lord. It's not in, you know, our reputation or our finances or our family or circumstances, any of that. It's in God. And I needed to, I needed to realize that early on because circumstances are tough. All my stories aren't like Timmy, that Timmy story that, you know, he turned out, he, you know, he grew up, you know, I've had the hard stories too. I was walking through a a building in 1992. I was walking out of a store. I was speaking at my daughter from youth group. And so I was a little early. I went through a store, came out that week. I'd been memorizing um, a verse in everything. Give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus and I also put it to a tune. And um, when I walked out of the door, a huge piece of the door frame fell on my head, huge, heavy, knocked me out. And when I, when I woke up, that verse was going around in my head because that situation didn't turn out as great. You know, I had insurance doctors that said, oh, there was nothing wrong with me. I've um, recently had very difficult spinal surgery to repair some of it. And I still have pain in my face every day since 1992. But that one verse, that one verse in everything, give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Kept me from being bitter. I mean, God did that. I didn't plan that. I knew I would need that passage of scripture over and over. But in this case, it was, you know, and, and then to give thanks to God for everything, you know, for this is his will in Christ Jesus, that verse, I mean, it kept me going. And, you know, we didn't get a multi-million dollar settlement. In fact, it, we didn't hardly get a settlement. You know, people took advantage of me that, you know, the piece of the building disappeared, all of that. The, but, but it was okay because God allowed me not to be bitter. Mm-hmm. And the attorneys could hardly understand how that could be because they don't know our Jesus. And I know that people listening have great challenges and sometimes you don't recover. My husband has Parkinson's and he has the best attitude when people ask him how he is, he says blessed. And that's impacted our our grandson that grew up on the mission field was born without an immune system. So he's, he's now 12 turning 12 and he's had, He's had every single thing you can think of, childhood epilepsy, parasites, over and over, issues, issues, issues um, for all these years. But he claims that verse. He tells everybody that he's thankful. So my husband and my grandson have this special bond because they tell each other, we're blessed. We're blessed. And so many women that are listening to this podcast have challenges that they may not recover from till they go to heaven, but they can thank the Lord because it's his will 
in Christ Jesus, and I can't explain it. I don't totally understand it, but there's something that takes place in your soul when you trust God, when you believe him. You know, I think that that's just been my purpose to encourage women that they can trust the Lord for everything that trust the Lord for everything in their life. You know, he's trustworthy. He's faithful. And that, you know, as we trust him for one thing, it builds our faith and we can trust him for the next and the next, you know, and when the really huge issues come along, you know, we know God is a faithful God. Don't you believe that? It's true, Jess. Oh, amen. And, you know, I love too how you have the scripture in your mind, in your heart. And, Mm. you know, so when the hardship came, God could draw that to your mind, to the forefront of the mind, your mind. I think it's so easy for us sometimes in a, in a good season to just kind of coast along instead mm-hmm. of using that as a time to prepare. Cause, Cause there will always be another hardship, That's true. you know, but when the hardship comes, we can fall back on the, the past <laughs> faithfulness of God and what he taught us through the good right. seasons too. Um, but I'm wondering what you would say to the woman who's listening and thinking like, it's too late for me. Bitterness has already taken root in my heart. You know, what What do they do? Well, I don't think it's ever too late. Yeah. I remember my daughter, my two daughters and I giving my mom a 70th birthday party. And she was feeling so sad because she said, my life hasn't counted. You know, what purpose do I have? And so we all, you know, I think, I believe that everybody needs purpose. So we said, wait a minute. And my daughters were so impactful because they shared with her ways that she could have an impact on the people around her. You know, I started out with that opportunity for influence in my early years. And I think we all need that. We need purpose to impact the lives of people around us because that gives us a reason to keep going. And my mom felt like she had not lived up to that. And so many of your listeners may feel like that too. And they're they're, they're bitter because life is not treated them as well as they wish that it had. But, and my mom felt like that. And I think it was the encouragement of my daughters. And they said, grandma, you can do this and you can do that in the place that you are. And they gave her examples and she did exactly what they encouraged her to do. She was in all these little organizations, the women's club, the retired officers, women's club, the garden club, all these things. They said, you love to encourage people with a note. She loves writing cards, send them a card with a verse. And she began to do that. And then she began to ask for prayer and it grew. And so they started in these secular clubs that she was in, they started having regular times where she ended up giving little short devotions and she didn't feel comfortable at first, but then people started telling the answers to their prayers that as everyone was paying for them. And she had, by the time she was 80, we gave her another birthday party and she, it was filled. The room was filled with people that my mom had impacted. So I just want to encourage women, it is never too late, never. I love to share that illustration because it made such a difference in my mom's life. And by that time, I mean, and she had reason to be bitter. People had taken advantage of her. My dad had died at 52, you know, and just people, you know, anyway, lots of stories about, you know, hardships that she went through. 
But I think when she had purpose to impact lives, she realized, wait a minute, God can use me anyway. God can use my life in this season changed everything. She had joy. You know, she would wake up in the morning excited about, you know, what God had given her to do. And I feel like, you know, she ended on such a happy note. She lived to 86, but she um, had a reason to, to exist. And I feel like God does give us those reasons. You know, he's, he's, and she didn't know the word. She didn't have a lot of scripture engrafted in her, in her mind, in her heart, but she wrote him down on a piece of paper and it was hard for her to memorize. So she carried around a piece of paper and, and she would say, wait, I'm going to give you a verse. And she would tell the women that she was talking to and she would read off her verses. Oh. So I don't think there's a, you know, do this and then you measure up that, that isn't our God. He knows exactly who we are as individuals. He knows us. He knows what he created us to do. He knows our gifting, um, you know, our season in life, all of that. And he has a plan for each of those times for us. Don't you feel like? Oh, absolutely. It's unique for us, Taylor. Yeah. And that story about your mom too reminds us that her circumstance didn't change. Like she didn't, you know, become a missionary in another country. She didn't, you know, she just saw the benefits of where God had her, you know, and and saw you that God could use you her. Are, yes, right? you start, start where you are. you are with the people around you, with your family members, your neighbors, or, you know, just, and it's okay. That mm-hmm. may be God's mission field for you, but he gives us all a real uh, opportunity to have an impact, a purpose. You know, that's, that, that changes everything for women. I think we all need a reason to keep up, you know, keep keep on keeping on to wake up in the morning. Yeah. And your first book, Ripple Effects. Right. That's what that's about. Is about that. Yeah. And I just love too, because, you know, with your mom and with all of us, when we're faithful to what God has in front of us in this moment, you never know how your impact will impact someone else and then the impact that they'll have. That's right. Which is just so exciting. I don't know. It, I just love Jesus and the way he works. I too. And it's all him. I didn't yeah. think any of this up. You know, I just, he just taught me little by little as I walked with him. So I didn't have a plan to write a book. You know, I love to write, but that was never my, you know, I, I didn't want to self-promote and I didn't want to make that happen. I wanted God to orchestrate all the details at the right time. You know, when I have something to say that will impact women. And God did that in, in you know, very unique way so that I knew, okay, I'm not pushing ahead. God's doing this. Mm-hmm. And I just felt like, because my, my heart is to encourage women. And so I feel like that's, you know, just another step in that process of being able to put it in writing. And, you know, so I... Everybody doesn't need to write a book. Everybody doesn't need to speak in front of people. Everybody, everybody has, they could be my mom or whatever God gifted you to do. And it all started in the context of the people around me, you know, the small little groups, your your family, that's an important place. We have that impact. And then as you, you can spread out to the people in your neighborhood or your clubs or your church or, you know, your community and God uses you to impact other people, you know, if you're trusting him to do that. He, he really does have a great plan, you know, that, that's all about us glorifying him. You know, he said, I created you for my glory. And that just means showing off God. He's created us to show him off to the, you know, to the people in our little sphere and then 
some some people in our bigger sphere maybe you know as we you know get to that point but there's not a one size one you know fits all I think God has a plan for everybody and it's mm-hmm. a great plan yeah amen so we are almost out of time this has gone <laughs> way fast. too fast yeah. way too really fast, fast. Yeah. Yeah, right. um I feel like I want to do a whole nother show where you just tell me <laughs> stories about the Philippines that's you know, so fascinating. Live long enough, you can have God's stories, I think. Yes, yes. So as we wrap up, though, I always like to end with a question of, what did I miss? What is God laying on your heart, um, maybe in this moment or just in this season recently, that could be a word for our listeners? You know, I, I want to encourage them that, and, and this is, been said many times, so it's not original with me, but life is hard, but God is good. Mm-hmm. And we can trust him in the midst of the hardships. And I think we get to know him better in the midst of our trials, you know, that he's there and we see him show up, you know, and you think you can't keep going, you can't take another step, but he's real. And that's why I turned to the word, you know, I'm so desperate for him you know, just to open up your Bible, to turn to the Psalms. That's my favorite. That's where there's, the Psalmist had so many challenges, just like we do. Mm-hmm. Um, you can imagine. And I feel like that's why I wrote that book, Hope for a Woman's Heart, because it's just a book of devotions, but I had to live those out before I could write about it. Mm-hmm. I had to seek God for hope in all those circumstances. And then you find him faithful and you have something to share with, with others because he always comes through mm-hmm. and he really does give us that hope yeah. in the midst of your happiest day or your saddest day. And you can, when you know that for sure, then you can share that with other people and have great, great impact. And I think we need that. We need to know that, you know, the truths we learn about God, we can share with other people and make a difference in their lives. Mm-hmm. Amen. That is that's what you're doing, Jen, just from these podcasts. You're encouraging oh, women with all your thank you. All your speakers and listeners. I think good job. Good job. Thank you. I hope so. And thank you so much for just sharing bits of your story. And it's been an encouragement to me. So I know it will be to our listeners out there. I did it well. Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity. What a wonderful powerful message that Pam brought to us in this interview. I just adore her and man, I hated to cut her off. I feel like she has so many more stories of just God's faithfulness and provision in her life. And you know, as I was listening, I was continually reminded of this idea again and the truth that this world is not all there is. That when we put our hope in the things we see in front of us or the things of this world, they, they will fail us because there will be suffering. There will be hardships. You know, God warned us of that in the Bible. And yet he also reminds us that he has overcome this world, that he has the ultimate victory, that this world is not all there is for those of us who believe in him and, um, you know, so there's just such great hope in that. And so I just want to leave you with that as we wrap up our time today. Just that reminder that when this world feels so heavy and so hard, 
um, that that there's more going on than just what we see and that our hope is in the things of heaven and the things of God and not just the things that we're facing on this earth. Um, so, you know, just dig into the Bible, spend some time with the Lord. Um, it seems so simple and it's something I think I avoid sometimes. Um, and yet it's really the thing that our hearts need to just be refreshed. It's just a little time away with the Lord, even if it's just, you know, two minutes in the morning to just quiet your mind, fill your heart and mind with the truth of the Word. Um, and those verses that Pam shared are so powerful. Um, so we, I wrote all those out in our blog for you. Um, so you can click over to that and reference those quickly if you need to, if you just need that little bit of encouragement today. Um, so I love you all very much. I'm praying for you as our listeners. Um, so I hope that you are encouraged this week and we will see you next time. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries. You can also find Jess at Just Beyondo. If you would like to support Collected by making a tax-deductible contribution, please visit collectedministries.org slash donate. Collected proudly supports and partners with Flourish Kenya, a nonprofit working to support and prevent unplanned adolescent pregnancy in rural Kenya. Learn more at flourishkenya.org. The Collected Podcast is produced by Jess Biondo and edited by Jacob Early. Music is by Asaf Elan.